Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Linfont and welcome to Nest Talk, the most elite Baltimore Ravens podcast on the internet. Today we've got a good show ahead. We'll recap the stunning victory over the Bills, um, talk about what it means for the team moving forward, and discuss whether or not the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. Uh, we'll also talk about Kenneth Dixon's recent injury that took place in the Bills game, and we'll look ahead to the Ravens game tomorrow night against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. That Thursday night game, no longer a color rush game. I know, so sad. Um, but the NFL chucked that. So without further ado, um, let's head on in to um, the topics we'll be talking about today. And of course the first will be the game recap against the Bills. So um, for those of you that weren't there that could actually experience the rain it was not and just you know any type of rain. It was a downpour for most of the game. It cleared up kind of midway through the third quarter, became like a little drizzle. But in the beginning, the first half of the game was absolutely like a monsoon out there. I was in the stands. It was a nightmare to try and tweet out anything live. Uh, I could not do any graphics because my phone was just getting wet so very quickly, and it, it's it kind of started to uh, not respond to everything I was doing. So I was getting kind of concerned that it was. Um, that it was breaking, but overall the phone um, stayed okay in the water. It works fine now. But um, the game against the Bills, the Ravens finished uh, the game 47-3. to um, A completely outstanding um, performance by the Ravens. I did not see this coming. I thought the Ravens would win this game 27-10, to but they outperformed expectations um, by a, a great margin. Um, so you have... Um, the Ravens, of course, winning 47-3. to um, the, the starting offense was responsible for a lot of the, um, well, all of the touchdowns except one. Um, so we'll kind of break down all those touchdowns. So it started with a uh, Alex Collins carry. Um, Buck Allen got a carry for a touchdown later in the game. And to Willie Sneed. So the John Brown um, touchdown was in the back of the end zone. Um, Flacco, it was pouring out, and he was... What I have to say about Flacco is he was amazing in this game. Uh, we'll get into him in a second. Um, but the rain, he did not was not phased by that rain at all. So Flacco um, passes it to John Brown. John Brown leaps up, leaps up into the air, makes the catch, puts both feet on the ground, immediately touchdown. Easy call. Then you have later um, in the game, Michael Crabtree running into the end zone. Flacco um, throws it. It was maybe a 20-yard pass into the back of the end zone. It was a perfect dot. But Crabtree put one leg on the ground and then one up in the air to catch it. And then he pushes his leg back very quickly, grabs the toe tapping, um, you know, sideline catch there. They review it. It's a touchdown. Then Flacco throws Nick Boyle for a touchdown, but it's called back. Um, I forget the penalty, but it was called back. Then he just hits Willie Sneed over the middle for like 15 yards and a touchdown. A very, literally the next play. So it was a very, very good progression there. Um, Flacco finished the day 25 of 34, 236 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he did not play the entire second half. Was taken out sometime in the third quarter for Lamar Jackson to play. Lamar Jackson is not the actual backup for the Ravens. That's RG3, but they can only activate so many people every game. So they decided to have Lamar Jackson activated every game, uh, at least starting every game, starting this year. Um, they may change it later on. But that's just so they can keep him in on trick plays and stuff. So Lamar Jackson was in on some trick plays, got some you know handoffs, some end arounds, threw the ball a few times uh, while Flacco was was you know the, really the leader of the offense there. Didn't work out too well on those trick plays, honestly. But um, Flacco, 
I mean, Lamar Jackson, you know, he's a rookie. He's got time to learn, and um, it won't be that too it won't be too bad for him moving forward, I don't think. Um, and I do like the Ravens, you know, making sure the teams have to game plan for him, that they can't just ignore Lamar Jackson. Um, that helps out tremendously. But moving back to Joe Flacco for a minute, again, complete disastrous conditions. Um, Flacco comes out, throws three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's one of his best games since 2014 with the 236 yards. Um, Pro Football Focus said his adjusted um, completion rate would be about 90% had no nobody dropped the ball at all. Um, and, of course, those conditions, there were a few drops um, by receivers just because the the rain was so much. I mean, you could literally see the, the red, the red, like, I don't know if it's paint or whatever they put on the football, but whatever coating it is, it was coming off of the ball. You could see on the punter's hands when the Bills punter dropped it, just red all over his hands. The referee had a towel. Um, that towel was white by the end of the game. It was red from rubbing the football so much. So, I mean, it was really bad, the conditions. But Flacco stood in the pocket. He was hitting his receivers very well. And then on the other side, you have Nathan Peterman, um, who was not so lucky. Nathan Peterman, 5 of 18, 24 yards and two interceptions. Not a very good day for Nathan Peterman, but we didn't really expect him to do much. Josh Allen later comes in, 6 for 15, 74 yards, no touchdown, no interception. Again, um, the field goal was the only score of the Bills, and that was that came under Josh Allen at quarterback. I really thought that they should, should have just put Josh Allen in after the first quarter because Peterman obviously wasn't going to get them anything, and Allen maybe could do something. And it's just if if you can't win the game, just get the give the rookie some experience. Um, the Bills eventually caught on in the third quarter. The Ravens ended up going with Lamar Jackson at the end of the game. He ran a lot, uh, ran seven times total. I mean, of course, he had a few in the beginning of the game, but, you know, he had seven runs total, 39 yards on the ground, actually. Um, his longest run was 16. That was to get the Ravens right down to the two-yard line, and they ended up scoring with a Kenneth Dixon run after that. Lamar Jackson passing was just one of four, so 25% completion rating, uh, percentage, I should say, for 24 yards. No interceptions, no touchdowns, nothing special there. Um... The leading rusher for the day with Ken, was Kenneth Dixon with, 11, uh, with I'm sorry, 13 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. Um, I mentioned Alex Collins earlier. Alex Collins was the um, starting running back for the game, although the conditions were not that good. Um, he had had some good runs. He had a couple eight-yard runs, I think it was. Um, had a touchdown. Um some some nice runs from Alex Collins, um, but the conditions weren't very good, and it was just difficult to establish a running game. Um, and the Ravens just wanted to keep passing because that was what was working for them. So he didn't get a whole lot of action, just 13 yards on the day, not a great day. But of course, you know, Shady McCoy didn't do very well either. You, you look at him; he had seven uh, carries for 22 yards, as long as it was 12 on the day. You can't really blame Alex Collins for having a, a bad day when the entire um, when it was just so slippery, it was difficult to run, and then of course, um, difficult to you know keep those those pass rushers and I'm sorry, run stuffers um, from getting through the offensive line in conditions like that. So Alex Collins, um, not the best day in the world, but it's not you know it's not it's not the end of the world. He'll be fine moving forward, I think. Um, the, the Ravens receivers again, you have Willie Sneed, John Brown, Michael Crabtree being the leaders of the receiving core. Uh, Willie Sneed had the most. Uh, receptions out of any, run, uh, I'm sorry, wide receiver, uh, not the most receptions over on the team. That was the uh, running back, Javorius Buck Allen, with five. But Willie Snead had four four receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. Longest was 20 yards. 
John Brown, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown, longest 29. That 29-yard reception came on second and 26. Um, the Ravens had not converted like a second and tw over 20 in a long time, and then they come right out the gate and um, do that in like one of the early drives of the game. I don't remember exactly what drive it was, but an overall astounding play by John Brown. He really looked solid. Michael Crabtree had some drops early in the game, um, couldn't connect around the sideline, but he ended up finishing with three receptions for 38 yards and, of course, the toe-tapping touchdown on that 20-yard reception. Nick Boyle looked good to start um, as tight end. You know, Nick Boyle and Joe Flacco have that chemistry now that you know a lot of other players in Flacco aren't going to have for a little while. But Boyle, after his three receptions for 40 yards, and of course that 25-yard reception that um, was very, very effective, and I think that was the first drive, maybe even the first first down. Um, but honestly, Nick Boyle, towards the end of the game, got some penalties called on him, had a drop here and there, so started out very well but couldn't finish, so we're looking for him to finish um, in these games later on. Max Williams came in, looks pretty darn good, I have to say. He and Mark Andrews looked good. Um, both had three receptions, Max Williams 32 yards, Mark Andrews 31. Um, that's really it for the Ravens receiving game. Collins and Chris Moore each got a reception, Collins for six, Chris Moore for five. Um, the Moore was on a slant, the Moore's reception was on a slant, tried to see if he could get anything on like a third and long. Nothing really happened from it. Um, but overall, very good day um, in the passing game, spread the ball out tremendously. Um, one thing I did notice is a lot of the times, Flacco would hit a wide receiver in the beginning of the drive and then just keep going back to him over and over in that drive. So Snead had a few receptions like in a row. Crabtree a few receptions in a row. Boyle had like three receptions in a row. So Flacco likes to to target on one. I don't know if it's Flacco or maybe the offensive coordinator, Marty Moreway, calling these plays up designed this way. But he's hitting these receivers and getting them hot uh, on the same drive and you know trying to continually hit them over and over again. Um, and the good thing about that is, you know, it gets these receivers hot and, it, you know, gets them ready to go. Um, but it also, like, the defenses will divert their attention to that specific receiver. So if you hit Crabtree, like, three times in a row on the opening drive, they're all going to go on Crabtree. That opens John Brown up on the side. So a lot of different ways they could um, use that to their advantage. Um, but, you know, overall, I think it's a good strategy, um, you know, especially if it's open, just hit it. Just just hit it. doesn't matter who it is. Just hit it. Um, then there were, of course, a few drops in the, in the game. Um, and Alex Collins even made a fumble, but, you know, it, it's just the conditions of the field were just terrible. It, it was honestly terrible. So the Ravens, they had to um, just compromise and, and just continue on trying to do anything um, through the air. It, it succeeded, but, you know, they couldn't get everything just because of the conditions on the field, I think, were the main cause of a lot of drops and um, fumbles. Of course, uh, Janarian Grant also would fumble the ball in this, in special teams on a punt return. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, um, someone that really impressed me was Darius Smith. He got quite a lot of um, pressure. He got a sack. He um, got some four tackles, assists. They're only crediting him here with one sack, but he was in on a lot of sacks helping. So um, he was there. Tavon Young got two sacks. The cornerback, they rushed him. Uh, a lot of blitzes. Wink Martindale's defense has a lot of blitzes. That's what I'm going to tell you right now. If you didn't watch that game, a lot of pressure coming through. Uh, Tavon Young really stood out there. He had three tackles as well. Um, of course, you also have Terrell Suggs got the sack. You know, T. Sizzle's always going to be lurking around the quarterback. Gets another sack. Uh, continues that. And Tim Williams. Timmy Williams, we were looking for him to have a good season this year. Um, of course, he was drafted in the third round last year. It didn't really pan out the first year um, with the Ravens. But Tim Williams comes out. 
gets that sack uh, in the tackle, and he looked strong that game uh, with that sack. But overall, the, the entire line really impressed. They stopped LaShawn McCoy on a lot of plays. Shady McCoy was, you know, as, as Harbaugh said, public enemy number one in this game. They stopped him pretty well. Um, not until um, Murphy got in, Marcus Murphy, that they really started running effectively. But that was when the Ravens started pushing guys out and, you know, resting some of the starters. So at that point, what did it really matter? It was, it was just garbage time. No one wanted to get hurt. Um... When we go to the, the passing defense, when we, you know, look at the passing defense, um, the Ravens were able to um, really shut down Nathan Peterman and later Josh Allen. Um, a couple interceptions came in. Tony Jefferson, that interception was kind of luck because Peterman just way overthrew his receiver and literally just landed in the hands of Tony Jefferson. He just had to sit there and just catch it. Wasn't anything good, but his return was nice. Um, then you have Brandon Carr, who who fought for the interception there. Um, it wasn't a great pass, wasn't a good decision, but Carr still had to fight for it and got it. A lot of pass deflections as well. Carr made some pass deflections. Marlon Humphrey made some pass deflections. Actually, Kelvin Benjamin would go up on the sideline at one point in the game and and basically catch the ball, but on his way down, um, um, Marlon Humphrey basically just rips the ball out and it's incomplete it was a great play by Marlon Humphrey uh, tremendous play really um, by the second year cornerback uh, overall just great performance by the defense I mean it's difficult to talk about everybody here Kenny Young looked really good at, at, at middle linebacker um, looks solid he gets a sack so I mean Maurice Kennedy had some good plays um, just very good. Even Anthony Averett got in on a pass deflection, which looked like a like a defensive pass interference at first, but it really wasn't. So overall, great play by him. Um, I can't really touch on everybody because there's just so many people to talk about. Everybody had a part in this. Nobody really was that bad in this game. Um, excellent, excellent performance by the defense overall. And then, of course, special teams, um, Cook and, and Justin Tucker did well. Janarian Grant has a 50-yard punt return, but later fumbles the ball. Um, the fumble is excusable just because it was kind of late in the game. The, not late, but, you know, around halftime, before halftime, I should say. Um, the, the rain is pouring. Um, the ball's wet. You know, it's it's in the air. It gets wet. You can't – the hang time was, was bad. It was, was a lot. Overall, um, you can't blame him for that, that situation there. Um, hopefully – you know, he did have the fumble in the early uh, – I'm sorry, in the preseason – but at the same time, that was on a contact play. This was just trying to catch it. He muffed it. So, I mean, it's just so difficult to catch that ball in those conditions. Um, but he did well overall for the rest of the day if we just excuse that fumble, um, which I, I would excuse. Okay, so that's the entire recap of that game. Uh, you can catch up more on it um, on the Ravens Retrospective Review, which is coming out later today. Uh, probably by the time you're listening to this, it'll be out. That talks in great detail of how the Ravens won the game, what they did effectively, what they need to improve on, everything of that sort. Um, okay, so what does this win mean for Baltimore going forward? This is the greatest margin of victory that any team had. Of course, the Jets came close with their win over the Lions, but 47-3, that's a stunning margin of victory. What does this mean? Well, there's a couple ways you can interpret it. Either the Bills suck, which is true, the Bills are not good this year, or the Ravens are just really good. Maybe it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both here. I think the Ravens did fantastic, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We knew the defense coming in was going to be good. We, we already understood that, uh, especially after last year. 
but you have on the offensive side of the ball a completely revived team that um, is playing for their lives essentially. Joe Flacco, he's got someone you know sitting behind him who's ready to take take over. Um, you know, John Brown, one-year contract. Willie Sneed, you know, he was injured, didn't do well in 2017. Michael Crabtree is getting older. They're all trying to earn their money here. Um, you know, guys that are trying to survive here. And that's what happened. The guys trying to survive the most played the best. Um, so we see this revived offense. That's key for the Ravens moving forward. Last year, the offense couldn't do very much of anything at the beginning of the season, and the Ravens took losses for that reason. While the defense kept them in games, the offense could not finish them. This year it looks different. The defense still looks very good. I mean, this is a limited sample size, let's be real, because this is just one game. But if we can interpret anything, is I think that this is going to be a dangerous team this year. I said it in an article earlier this week, or maybe it was last week. That I thought the, Yeah, it was last week. I thought the Ravens would finish the year 11-5. and five, And I, after that, I thought to myself, you know, someone might tell me that that's a little high of an expectation for the Ravens. But after watching this game, I don't really think so. I think they could go in and beat Cincinnati tomorrow. But we'll get into what I actually think. I mean, I think they can, but will I? do I think they will? We'll talk about that later. But I think for this team, specifically, that this means that they are, are ready to, to take the next step and get back into the playoffs. And this is going to be a crucial year for them. Um, of course, th- th- that, can, that, that would need everybody to stay healthy. Everybody needs to continue the way they're playing. No major surprises can happen if, if this is the case. So... Um, Going on the Super Bowl question I, I mentioned earlier, does this mean the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders? Are they Super Bowl contenders right now? Um, they're playoff contenders. That's number one. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Based on my pre-year assessment, yes. Does this game reinforce that assessment? Yes. Um, it, it even you know substantially increases uh, the validity of that assessment. I didn't think the Ravens would win by this much. Um, they just blew the Bills out. If they can do this to every bad opponent they play this year... Um, you know, like then then this this would be a very dangerous team to deal with, um, especially down the line of December. Uh, they sh- should be able to make the playoffs this year. I, I don't really think they they would miss it this year. Everything seems to be aligning that they will make it. Um, assuming they make it, they're Super Bowl contenders no matter what. You cannot count anybody out in the playoffs, especially the Baltimore Ravens, who have a history, who have a history of of, of doing precisely that, of coming up on teams not expecting anything of them and defeating them in the playoffs. So whether or not you want to to discount them now uh, or claim they're going to win the Super Bowl now, that's up to you. I'm not going to claim they're winning the Super Bowl. I'm not going to claim they're going to the Super Bowl, but I'm going to claim that they're going to go to the playoffs. And that alone makes them Super Bowl contenders. Um, I don't really think it's too early to say that they're going to go to the playoffs. It's too early to say they'll win the Super Bowl. But, you know... Just based off this game and then my pre-assessment, I think that's what's going to happen. They're going to go to the playoffs, contend for a Super Bowl, just because they're in the playoffs. Okay, moving on to some more newsworthy topics here. Um, Kenneth Dixon, another injury for the back that was once touted as the savior. Do you remember that? The savior of the Ravens running game, 2016. Um, the Ravens saw him as this guy is going to really like save this team's running game. You know, Justin Forsett's not doing so hot. They ended up releasing him later. He's going to save the whole team. Um, And then, of course, the injury. And then, of course, he didn't save the team. He only had about 300 rushing yards that year. Um, They ended up turning really to Terrence West as the main guy. Uh, And that, of course, didn't work out very well. Now he's just another injury. It's just not good. 
what's going on this this entire time he's been in Baltimore because he's barely been on the field. So what what are the Ravens going to do here? Well, they have a few options here, right? Um, I know for a fact. Well, I don't know for a fact, but a very strong hunch that the Ravens contemplating cutting Kenneth Dixon this past offseason. He had two, he's been injured the previous two years. He was out for the entire year last year with a torn meniscus. He was injured twice this offseason, and now he's injured again here. You have to take away this 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 new injury that happened to the Buffalo game. So that wasn't being factored in at all, the Ravens' decision. But you have to understand here that they looked at him and said, we can't count on Kenneth Dixon. Not that, not that we can't count on him as a person or on the field. We can't count on him that he's going to be on the field. That's the key issue here, is Kenneth Dixon being on the field, because he's not always on the field, okay? So when he's not on the field, the Ravens are going to be in, in undoubtedly missing a back. And when you only have three running backs, and you use all three running backs, then it's going to become a problem when he's off the field. What do you do, right? Now he's expected to miss a few weeks. That came out today. He didn't go through walkthroughs um, yesterday in Cincinnati. So... He's not going to be playing on Thursday. He may not play against the Broncos next week. What what are the Ravens going to do here? Are they going to just stick to, stick with two running backs moving forward here until Kenneth Dixon is is, is um, healthy, or are they going to try to elevate one of the practice squad squad running backs, um, either Gus Edwards or um, Delance Turner? Um, look, it's a difficult situation. I I, I I talked about this today on the blog. Um, if you want to elevate. Um, either Delance Turner or Gus Edwards here. Um, you have to you have to accommodate for them. You have to make room. To do that, you have a few options. Um, you can place Kenneth Dixon on the IR, let's say the injured reserve, but then he's out for at least six weeks in practice and eight weeks of, of games. This injury, what we know, will, this knee injury will probably keep him out for a few weeks. Does that mean two or three? I don't know. I mean, we're not given a definitive number. The Ravens never want to give us a definitive number. Not not just because we're nosy fans, but they don't want to give other teams, you know, knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes here. Um, so that that's a factor there. We don't actually know when he's coming back. If it's only going to be like three weeks, then what the heck are the Ravens going to do? Because they don't have a lot of room to cut people. I mean, the secondary is already weak. Well, not weak, but... But with thin without Jimmy Smith, um, Maurice Kennedy is a limited participant. I'm sorry, he did not participate in practice. Um, Janari Grant, limited participant. Um, you can't cut Janari Grant either because he's a he's the return guy. Who's going to return? You you can't cut or put Maurice Kennedy on the IR because now you're way too thin um, in the quarterback department. So if you place Gus Edwards on the injured reserve, you lose him for a, a long time. You know probably eight weeks um but at the same time do you want to move do you want to play two to three games without with just two running backs what if buck allen or alex collins gets hurt then you got even a bigger predicament um it's always good to have three running backs in the in the games um the ravens like gus edwards they like to lance turner they see gus edwards as the gus bus he's gonna plow through you he's gonna you know be that that guy they're kind of missing, actually. There's no one aside from Patrick Ricard who they're just going to plow through lines to push the pylon. I mean, I'm sorry to push the to the, the lines and the and the piles into the pylon, into the goal line. There's not a whole lot of guys in the roster that can do it. Yes, Alex Collins can do it, but do you want Alex Collins to be the special guy there? 
not really. You want him to be your regular starting running back. You don't want to give him exposure to all these crazy incidences. Um, so that's a problem. Then you have Delance Turner. Delance Turner, a very explosive running back. We saw that in the preseason. Um, just not a very consistent one. Um, if I had to pick between these two right now for the Ravens, I mean, I think they're both pretty good. I think they both could end up on the Ravens roster at some point. Um, but if I had to pick right now who I want to come in and replace Kenneth Dixon, it's got to be Gus Edwards. Because he gives, at least gives you something that the other ones, you know, that that the other ones don't already have. He's at least specialized. That's what a third third running back should be. Delance Turner is a shifty guy. That's kind of what Buck Allen and Alex Collins already are. If you want to go with Delance Turner to have a uniform type running back, that's fine. But if you want someone who who can be good in short yard situations, you got to go with Gus Edwards. He's huge. He's like six three. This dude, he's big. So um, Gus Edwards would be my pick. But you do have to figure out here whether the Ravens are going to actually make a move here. Um, it's difficult to say, especially with the way things are unfolding, with the way the roster is right now with the number of people on the roster there's just so many consecutive issues that you have to look at and say hmm is this going to is this going to work for us do we want to do we want to put him on the IR for a few for 8 weeks do we want to cut him maybe are we just done with Kenneth Dixon um do you have to sacrifice his talent because of his of his injury issues that's not something the Ravens really want to do so it, this is a conflicting issue here the Ravens have until tonight to really figure something out right tomorrow maybe in the morning but it's it's tonight right by the time you're listening to this we'll probably know whether or not the ravens have actually done anything about kenneth Dixon, and gus edwards or delance turner we'll know um honestly i don't know if kenneth Dixon will actually be on the roster next year i was unsure if he would be this year but towards the end of the preseason i kind of understood he would be um just based on the injuries alone if he's injured again and if he gets injured one more time this season I do not I just no way he makes it roster next year it's just not possible um and it's always the knees with him it's the knee that seems to be the main issue here um that's not good if, if you're just injuring the same thing over and over again that's very that's really not good it's one thing if you tear your ACL once or you break a bone once but if you're breaking that bone over and over and over again every year or you're tearing that ACL multiple times that's not good that's really not good especially moving forward for the longevity of not only your career, but your, you know, the quality of your life moving forward. Um, the Ravens are going to have to make a decision with Kenneth Dixon. Are they going to keep him next year or not? If right now, if, if, if John Harbaugh is sitting in his office right now saying, hmm, Kenneth Dixon's unreliable, next year I probably won't even keep him, they just put him on the IR now or just cut him and move up either Gus Edwards or Delance Turner. That's what I would do in that situation if you know you're not going to keep him probably doesn't know that already you know it's always one day at a time in the Ravens which is the, really the right way to go so um, he'll have a decision to make if he's if anything is done they will put Kenneth Dixon on the IR and I would say a 60% chance of Gus Edwards 40 of Delance Turner maybe 55 45 if you want to make it closer um, we'll see what happens against Cincinnati you need all hands on deck especially in Cincinnati that always gives not even only Joe Flacco, but the entire offense—I'm sorry, the entire offense and the entire defense—trouble. So the Ravens are going to look for a win this year in Cincinnati. They got it last year, but they could not beat Cincinnati at home last year. They're going to try to get one this year, maybe sweep them. But we'll have to see how it works out tomorrow night, which segues us into our last segment of the day. We're looking forward to the Ravens and Bengals game. Preview and predictions comes out tomorrow in the morning. Excited for that! Uh, I got the I got the the outcome correct last week. 
a lot of the things I said uh, that would be key uh, for a Ravens win were, were, were correct. That happened on the Ravens' favor, and they won outstandingly so. Um, so I'm excited for this game. I think a lot of Ravens fans are. Look, Cincinnati is always difficult. I said that uh, earlier. It's difficult to go into the jungle and win. Um, that's the team that's always given Joe Flacco very, very much difficulties. So are the Ravens going to win? Um, look, preview predictions comes out. I'm not going to tell you that right now. I haven't even f- figured that out. I'm very much on the fence in this game. I think it could go either way. I think the Ravens are a better team, but I think the home field advantage and just being the Bengals is a problem. Um, so what needs to happen for the Ravens to win at least? Well, for the Ravens to win, they need to shut down A.J. Green. Um, that's that's key right there. A.J. Green um, is always an issue for the Ravens' defense. He's always the one, you know, late in the game, he's going to make the play to put the Ravens back to bed to end the game, win, win for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. It's Andy Dalton is not the issue. It's always A.J. Green. Andy Dalton will make mistakes, right? Andy Dalton will probably throw an interception or two. The Ravens' defense will get to those turnovers, but it really comes down to whether they shut down A.J. Green because he's the one that's always bailing Andy Dalton out. No matter what, he's going to bail Andy Dalton out. Um, so that's very crucial. They're going to be without Jimmy Smith. That's an issue. Um, you're going to factor that. I'm going to factor this into my decision whether I think the Ravens will win or lose. I'm going to write that tonight, publish it tomorrow, so you'll find out tomorrow before the game. Honestly, I have no idea um, how it's going to go, but of course you have to factor in Jimmy Smith's absence, especially when covering uh, A.J. Green. They're probably going to put Marlon Humphrey on him or Brandon Carr. I would think Marlon Humphrey would be the better choice, though. Um, it, it's going to be difficult. Of course, you also have Joe Mixon, the running back. Um, not the best guy in the world. I'm not going to go too far into that, but Joe Mixon. Um, look, the Ravens have to shut him down too. The running game is also going to be crucial for the Bengals, especially with Andy Dalton not being very good. I'm sorry. I just don't see what's so good about Andy Dalton. Joe Mixon's going to have to run the ball consistently um, and, and gain a lot of yards. And, of course, he's also a good option for Andy Dalton out of the backfield on, like, you know, wheel routes and slant routes on quick outs, things like that, to get the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands quickly um, to avoid, you know, major mistakes. Um, can the Ravens shut down Joe Mixon? The way they shut down LaShawn McCoy, I think they can, but maybe that has something to do with the rain as well. Um, the defensive line is pretty good. you got Brandon Williams is healthy. Michael Pierce is there. A lot of guys on that line are going to be able to... Um, going to be able to help stop um, Joe Mixon. And then, of course, you have the linebackers, C.J. Mosley, Patrick Onwasar, Kenny Young. Um, they're all going to be in there. Specifically, C.J. Mosley, though, probably will be um, the one to really do a lot of damage to, to Joe Mixon's um, running attempts. But um, overall, Joe Mixon is a major threat for the Ravens, but I think they should be able to wrap him up um, decently. I don't think he'll get over 50 yards. Um the Ravens' offense has to continue um, doing what they did last week. I mean, under Joe Flacco, they threw three three touchdowns. I'm sorry, I almost said interceptions. Three touchdowns. They ran for, like, two other ones. Um, field goals. Just consistently getting down the field and making plays. Um, if Joe Flacco would stay in the game for the entire entirety of it, he probably would have thrown five touchdowns, maybe six. Um, he was on pace that – he was on that pace. So looking at it from that perspective, that's the best thing the Ravens can do um, to win the game. Hands down, that offense has to continue, and that will also provide um, stable growth for the team and then stable consistency um, 
going forward, it'll provide a lot of wins for the team if they can continue the way they did on offense. They don't have to score 47 points a game, okay? They don't have to score 47 points a game to be able to win all the time. Um, but they do have to continually, you know, score, and they do have to perform well on offense, and I think they will. I think that if the offense can continue the way they have been, um, obviously just one game, but if they can continue on the line, along the lines of success, um, they will find um, themselves in the win column more often than the lose column. Okay, so again, I don't really know who's going to win this game yet. I'll do my preview predictions tonight, publish them tomorrow, so check out BaltimoreFeather.com for that. That was going to wrap up the entirety of the episode, but as this was being recorded, we got news out of Baltimore that the Ravens have indeed placed Kenneth Dixon, running back Kenneth Dixon, on the injured reserve and have signed running back DeLance Turner from the practice squad. Uh, Early in the episode, I talked about this. I thought Gus Edwards would be the pick um, just because of what he adds compared to Turner, but maybe he, he did get injured in the last, or was out of the last preseason game with an injury. Maybe there's some injury concerns there. DeLance Turner not injured, um, and it gives him, it gives the Ravens a chance to try out an explosive running back who made a lot of plays in the preseason. So DeLance Turner will be on the roster come this Thursday night, tomorrow night, against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Okay, so that will conclude today's episode of Nest Talk. Um, yeah, so you can follow Nest Talk at Nest Talk on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook and like us there. You can like um, the Baltimore Feather at um, on the Baltimore Feather on Facebook. Uh, just search it up, or you can hit us up at Twitter at Be More Feather. Uh, as always, I'm Chris Linfron. You can find me at Chris Linfron on Twitter. Signing out for Nest Talk. Have a great day, everybody.